everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 460 being recorded on July 26, 2017. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walbreth. I'm Alan Malmontano. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a week that has gone by, so we will talk about it on this show. <laughs> this, talk, is this is the show where we talk about things and we cover topics. I can tell by looking at the rundown on the side that we need to teach Alex a little bit more about abbreviating, abbreviating or shortening some of the listings, uh, perhaps for that Zalman keyboard <laughs> that takes up four lines of the rundown. And I'm very disappointed that he doesn't say PC per plays with slash mailback. Yeah. Eh. It's, it, it's a, a missed opportunity. L-E dash B. Yeah. Well, it's a W a slash. Mail, a mail with. bag. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we actually will talk about computer hardware and news and reviews and things that have happened. Um, we record the show on Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Usually I do that the other Sometimes direction. it turns into Thursday mornings. As the show does. It's the show that ends the week on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> we, we wrap up the week with the PC Perspective podcast. Uh, we do it at PCPro.com slash live. So if you want to come uh, hang out in the chat room and talk with us while we do the show, uh, you can ask questions, you can bug us and, and, and help point out our errors when we have brain farts. We don't know the answers to specific things. The chat is very important. That never us. happens. Never happens. Never. Um, if you need a reminder about the event, maybe you're a little bit busy on Wednesday evenings, you need a gentle nudge about, hey, dummy, come over to PCPro.com slash live. You can go to PCPro.com slash subscribe right now. Phone, tablet, laptop, PC, go to any, on any of those devices, PCPro.com slash live. Oh, I'm sorry, slash subscribe. And ask for your name and your email address, and then I will send you a notification, you know, a couple of hours or so, or maybe an hour before we do the live stream. Just so you can do a reminder, you can set your notifications, you can um, alert your personal assistant to give you a heads up that, uh, uh, that you'll, be, you'll be attending the PC Respective uh, live streaming podcast. It's very important for everybody that you do so. Uh, also... We have um, our Patreon campaign continuing to go at patreon.com slash PC per. Um, this is your place to go if you want to become a monthly contributor to us. If you feel like you're running an ad blocker or you think the content that we've done recently is good and it warrants your attention and um, and that, that you feel like you want to support this group as advertising becomes much more difficult to attain, you can do so there. It can be a dollar a month. It can be three, five, ten, twenty dollars a month, all the way up to like a billion. I don't know what what the maximum is in the field. Really, billion dollars a month you have to hold your pinky to your mouth when you say. I tell you what, if you do that for just one month, I'll actually grandfather you in to oh. be a lifetime member. Oh, okay, right. I mean, that seems like and a you fair, own Alan, and, and at least at least Alan. So Maybe that, that's interesting. Yeah, I'd I'd come and dust your house. Yeah. In one of those skimpy little um, made French made outfits, French made, sure. Yeah. Wow, for a billion dollars, I would absolutely do that. Yeah, yeah. Fly them out every week. Oh Hell, yeah, I'll do that yeah. for a million dollars. Oh, oh yeah, and no, we'll I meant I would do it. But yes, I will definitely make <laughs> you Josh do it. Do it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep let's keep going, Josh. Uh, yeah. Seems easier. Hundred thousand. Yeah, but what would you do for a hundred thousand? <laughs> How about three fifty? How much for a quarter? <laughs> Uh, so and also as we do every week with the Patreon, uh, if you become a new patron, you are a new member to the group, uh, and or you increase your patron nidge, 
Patreon contribution. Uh, I will call you out in uh, your name and thank you on the live stream. And sometimes we have nobody up here yet. Okay. So we will do that throughout the show. Uh, we have a couple of interesting things that started this week as we try to increase some of the video stuff we do. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you probably have already seen this. If you're not, if you just catch the live stream and maybe listen to the MP3 download uh, of the podcast, you may have missed some of this. Uh, we're going to do a regular occurring mailbag which is basically one person sitting in front of a camera uh, with a microphone, reading questions and answering them for, you know, 15 minutes or so a week. I did the first one uh, last Thursday. <clears throat> I will be recording the next one tomorrow. Um, and it's pretty cool in that we just, you know, ask your questions on the YouTube channel or in the comments on the post. We'll read them, pick out, you know, a half dozen or so to do. And we will run them through that way. It will probably be me for the majority of the time, but we'll get some other other guys in there if I'm out of town or whatever, doing other things. Um, so we have that. That was a long requested uh, a feature or something, I guess you would call it, on the site. Is it a feature or is it a bug? It's oh, it's it's mostly a bug for okay. sure. Yeah. And then we also did a thing um, on Tuesday called PC Per Plays which is basically, uh, you can switch over here to this area, uh, where uh, we sit over on our other set here that Jim is now occupying. We can't see him, but the gym, ocu- the, the gym is occupying, and we're going to like play games. They could be new games like Player Unknown Battlegrounds that we played last week, or maybe next week we play uh, Star Wars TIE Fighter, or maybe we play... So we're playing old retro games. No, Battle- L- Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is a new game. TIE Fighter? Yeah, but we could play old games too. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to make you play Mist maybe one time. Mist? Yeah. Original Mist. Okay. How, how quickly can you figure out these puzzles before I we make fun of you? probably still memorized all of them. That's what I was thinking. I think I brought that up specifically on Tuesday when we did oh, our other live sorry. stream. Yeah. Oh. It's, I think that's perfect. So we're going to do stuff Watch like that. Watch as L speeds runs Mist. Exactly. <laughs> how far can, can he get in an hour and 20 minutes? It depends on your CD seek times. Yeah. The goal, the goal yeah. is just to do more uh, a content that is supposedly easier in, in, in terms of we're not doing benchmarking, testing, evaluating, analyzing, but more of community, uh, personality, hey, come hang out with us for a little bit. You know, we're trying to interact with you. The chat room runs during the PC per plays. Um, well, some of the old ones we answer questions cool. on the like, mailbag. You know, talk about uh, reminiscing of the old times on like 286 is playing Wing Commander. Or during whatever. during that episode, we talked about Ultima Online and my yeah. my. There were recommendations that they gave me a place to go. Uh, f- <laughs> that was really good. I saw that picture. Well, well, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, uh, maybe we get into a retro server and figure out how to play Ultima online again. So there's there's some cool ideas we have there that we're gonna we're <laughs> that gonna work through. Is amazing. It's pretty good. Are you using it as a thumbnail for the podcast? I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah. That's definitely it. Who made that one for us? <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's really fast action. How do for... I? Somebody put a link to that in the show notes so I can click on it real fast because that deserves John, to be shown. I just on the put live it stream. in the chat too. You did. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. It's the only oh, thing I man. see on here. Oh, that's um, good. Is it in there? Somebody? Somebody? Bueller? Bueller. Bueller. Show notes? I'm working on it. He's getting there. He's it's trying. Paste it in. We're going to have him open. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's uh, Anthony. It there you go. Oh, Antonio. There you go. Oh, I can't remember. Cut it off. An- An- yeah, buddy. 
<laughs> that is pretty good. Who am I? Am I Anderson Cooper? Is that you? Might wait. You're wearing a North Face. Uh, he's outside. Or that somewhere. person's outside. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Josh, Josh is so bad. I like the ticker at the bottom. <laughs> SSD is still not yeah. ten cents again. It's so awesome. <laughs> oh man, Ethereum pricing, crap. Yeah, yeah. Probably, is, probably saying crashes. Yeah, it looks like somebody's uh, Anderson Cooper because it's during AC. This is always late under logo. <laughs> that's pretty good. Is I, that's, that's good. For, I think for I think that's going to be that's going to be used quite often. Oh, that's great uh, throughout this. That's uh, that's that's pretty great. All right, uh, so let's get to actual things. I guess I guess if we have to, uh, let's first talk about the ASUS ROG Zephyrus. Uh, GX501. So this is a gaming notebook. This is the Max-Q Design gaming notebook. Max-Q Design was announced during Computex uh, by NVIDIA as a <clears throat> an attempt to find, as they say in this slide, the perfect balance, kind of like the peak efficiency of performance um, while, uh, you know, not going to the, like, I don't know, what do you, like, the, the shift in the hockey stick of power consumption, right? Where, yes, you can get more power yeah. as you... Uh, more performance as you increase power, but at at the cost of being able to have lighter, thinner, quieter machines. Um, so the they announced three, a Clevo, an Asus, and MSI. We have the Asus one here. Ken actually did uh, the testing and review for this. It's a unique design. You can see the specs. Core i7-7700HQ. That's a quad-core hyper-threaded part. Uh, the GTX 1080 with Max-Q design, which has a typo I just found. Uh, 24 gigs of memory. Mean? Uh, 15.6-inch 1080p, 120 hertz G-Sync monitor, 512-gig NVMe SSD, so that's nice. Uh, 802.11ac, Thunderbolt 3, HDMI 2, USB 3.0, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. $2,700 is also an important part to note there. So That's important. It's, it's expensive, but honestly, in terms of uh, other GTX 1080-based gaming notebooks, it's not... Like the second cheapest one I could find, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what about... Let's start with the physical design because that's very unique on this. What's stood? I out? want to know what you can do with that shelf that's above the uh, the keyboard. Uh, well, you can warm your hands on it. That's where the uh-huh. components. You, you, you could that's put what, your cup of coffee on there and keep it warm. Yeah, yeah. Let's don't if spill your ice it. cream was a little bit too cold. Don't spill it. So the, the, what they did was they moved the keyboard all the way all the way to the front. Yeah. Like closest to the body of the person using it and mm-hmm. then they moved the touchpad off to the right. Now this mm-hmm. isn't the first time we've seen this. That's true. We saw it on the MSI, no, the MSI GT83 Titans, the yeah. ones with mechanical keyboards. Yeah. Mechanical they do mechanical keyboards for ob- obvious GPUs. reasons. Although that keyboard was all the way at the front. This, that, is, this, this one is, is all the way at the front. front. This that's oh. a rubber wrist rest oh, thing. Oh, there's a wrist rest you yeah, add yeah. to it. Interesting. It's just wrist a rest. rubber piece that yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what did you think about using the keyboard in that kind of position? Uh, I thought on a desk or other surface, it's great. The keyboard is fairly tactile, pretty responsive, a good impl- implementation of a chiclet keyboard. The trackpad, while kind of weird that it's off to the side, per- perfectly usable, tracks pretty well. The clicks of the buttons are nice. However, as soon as I put it in my lap and <laughs> tried to use it, it was extremely challenging, we'll say. Essentially, you end up having to move the machine all the way up on your lap so that the keyboard still sits where about your wrists are, mm-hmm. and you just kind of shift the entire weight distribution forward, which yeah. is not exactly comfortable for... Yeah. Even though this is a 
light gaming laptop. It's not a light laptop in general. Correct. So. It's light for gaming laptops. It's not light for laptops. Yes. Yeah. Uh, probably the most un- in in as we talked about the all the componentry is in this section up here. Uh, that's where the CPU and GPU rest, and where the fans and everything are. And and it's a very thin profile, right? It's only um, uh, 0.67 inches thick, seventy eight. What is it? Uh, Seventeen millimeters or so thick. And that's pretty good. I mean, that's it's, that's thinner than the MacBook Pro I have. Now the bit. secret of that is this part right here. If you look at this profile shot, like so, there's there's two profile shots here to look at. This one is with the lid closed. And this is one is with the lid open, and, and there's a mechanic where as the lid opens, a a piece of the bottom, like the platform of the bottom, actually telescopes out a little bit. There's like a little mechanical hinge that pushes it down. It all feels surprisingly solid for something like this. You, you would think that it might feel a little jank and break, and it actually is an extremely solid mechanism. And we actually took that plate off. And the hinge is really well designed, so you, if you want to like clean the fans underneath there because you get access to the fans and the heat sinks for the CPU and the GPU, mm-hmm. you could do that relatively easily. That panel comes off. They even include a screwdriver in the box, which is interesting. The screwdriver only works for the screws for that panel. The rest are a Torx bit that they don't include. Of course. So, I mean, it's actually still a relatively serviceable design considering the sort of weird aspects of it. Yeah. Um Pretty good connectivity, you know, four USB 3.0 ports, full-size HDMI. Performance-wise, uh, we found the GTX 1080 in this Max-Q configuration, um, which, as we were explained today, is expected to be 85 to 90% of the performance of a typical GTX 1080 in, like, a much larger, higher-end gaming notebook. Um, we don't have any of those. Right? We didn't have any other 1080 gaming notebooks in the office. So we compared it to a desktop 1080 and a desktop 1070. Uh, and it's it fell between the two for the most part, right? Yeah. In the, with the exception of GTA 5, which had a big CPU bottleneck that we were hitting, apparently. But like Dirt Rally, uh, a little bit closer to the 1070 and the 1080. You know, GTA 5 was the big gap, but it was still pulling over 70 frames per second at our, at our very high image quality settings. Um, is there yeah, like a, so we, we tested all the normal GPU games we test with the settings at 1080p because this is a 1080p 120, 120 hertz panel. We mm-hmm. always like to test at the native panel resolution of the notebook because that's ideally how you'd be spending your time, especially yep. if you have a portable gaming laptop. Uh, so everything was completely playable. All of the titles we tested, all the ones we ran through, Witcher 3, Tomb Raider, all these really demanding titles were perfectly playable at uh, reasonably well, high settings yeah i mean it's mostly maxed out settings on every game and it's a g-sync panel so if you're running at 45 frames a second yeah it's, and dipping between 40 and 50 it's still a smooth experience yeah you're not getting the 120 hertz native out of the panel but it's still a pleasant yeah. thing yeah um we did notice a couple of things that stood out perf wise uh there there was in a couple of games like i think in tomb raider there was more frame time variance than on the desktop systems Mm-hmm. Um, were there other games that stood out like that? There's a little bit more on Hitman, for example. Uh, is it, is there the like others. a? Do we know if there's like a hard power limit for this, or is it a thermal limit? Like, what uh, is so the there th- definitely is. There's definitely a hard power limit. Okay. To to the hardware, um, and that's and that's probably what's accounting for it, right? It's kind of yeah. getting up to that point, uh, and and kind of you know wavering number, back and forth. Among does that number change when you go on the battery? Um, for Max Q, I don't. Sometimes no. usually, like usually it does. Yes. Yeah. Actually, 
Yes, it definitely does because it's only 100 watts from the battery almost always okay. in all the gaming machines. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so you're definitely drawing more than 100 watts when you're doing this CPU and GPU and all okay. that. And all that yeah, I think it's like a 230-watt power supply. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're getting close to that, but yeah. Uh, actually, if I had my notes or something, I, I know I'd what the TDP of this is. I'd be surprised to see a drop but, 230 off the battery. Um, <laughs> That'd be a lot. So even though the GTX 1080 with Max-Q design doesn't perform up to the level of a desktop GTX 1080, yeah. which we had a conversation with NVIDIA today concerned because we're using a desktop processor in this comparison versus a mobile processor, even though the mobile processor is a quad core hyper threaded, it's not going to clock as high right. for as long. Um, I, my argument is that tough, like that's kind of like the comparison that somebody's going to make. Yeah. Right. For $2,700, to- I can build one hell of a gaming desktop. Correct. Right. You're going to want how it compares against the desktop machine. Yeah. 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 Uh, is it fair that you should also want to see how it compares to other gaming notebooks? Absolutely. It is. Sure. We just like, we don't get to keep those. Yeah. Right, and so running new tests with updated drivers is impossible. Right. So unless only things people want to see are Unigen Heaven and 3D Mark, that's kind of not <laughs> a really feasible thing for us to do. Yeah. Um, but even though it, it kind of was a little bit faster than the desktop GTX 1070, I still think that's actually pretty impressive for a laptop. For the but for not just laptop, but like laptop. the thin laptop. Yeah. Right. That was quiet. Like we used it. That's the laptop we used on the uh, PC per plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, stream and, hear, and the like, fan yeah. noise was fine like yeah. we were wearing lobs it wasn't really a problem i mean yeah, yeah. the part of the max q design is sub 40 dba sound which is yeah, yeah pretty to, good to even for that, like a desktop okay. graphics card do that and think get about to it, like 1070 yeah. level performance that's pretty yeah that's and pretty good. this lap like you can carry around this laptop with you from class to meetings to whatever like yeah. it yeah. it'll fit in a normal backpack it's light it won't sort of break your back in that regards yeah like if I still don't think it's very usable in your lap, but that doesn't necessarily, necessarily knock against the whole Max-Q thing because some of them have keyboards in the regular position. Right. We're trying to get some of those machines into tests. The other, the other perf, perf worth noting is that we did um, – so one of the things you got to be careful of when testing a notebook is the thermal limitations is that you know after you game for an hour, yeah. does the performance change? Ken did a test here on Dirt Rally uh, where you, we ran the benchmark – Immediately yeah. upon starting the test, and then we looped the benchmark for 45 minutes and then retested it, and performance was pretty much identical. Um, so that's that's a good sign in that Asus and NVIDIA engineered the, the, the design of the system, the infrastructure, and the thermals to be very consistent from yeah. beginning to end. So that's yeah. that's a plus. The CPU and storage we won't really touch on. It's really fast. It's a quad-core hyper-threaded part with an NVMe drive. Yep. It was among the fastest. It was the fastest laptop we've ever tested. It was the fastest, okay. It was By the fastest far. laptop and CPU tests, like yeah. transcoding, video editing, rendering. Because it has, that actual, stuff. Quad it has core, an actual right? quad-core part. Yeah. And it's a new quad-core part. Like yeah. uh, we had tested quad-core parts in the past, but you know other other uh, iterations. And so stuff. like, did we do the battery test? Battery on? test sucks. <laughs> yeah, this graph right here is your battery life. And that's got to give. And it's basically just browsing. Yeah, that's only browsing. Like it's a light battery but test. But the, the, the GTX 1080 doesn't, it clocks down. It clocks but, down, but it doesn't go off. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not a Optimus design with Intel yeah. graphics and stuff like that. It's yeah. just a 1080. Yeah. Which has its advantages. Is the, is the, the graphics is disabled, right? What do you mean? The Intel graphics. Sorry. Oh. Uh, Didn't I, you try to run QuickSync and it wouldn't run or something like that? Maybe not. I don't know. I can't remember if I got it to run ultimately okay. or not. Yeah. I think I might have installed the driver and got it to that's, run. That's, that's what you sacrifice when you buy a gaming laptop. Yep. And, and I'd still like to see this addressed because you would think there would be a way to just really totally turn it off, even if it requires a reboot of the system. Yeah, and use only the and Intel And use only GPU. the Intel GPU Cause, cause it's there. or something like that. It is. It's installed, right? Now, it so. may, there may be some 
engineering reason why you you can't have both for the max Q design implementation or something. I don't Maybe. know. I, I can't think of what it would be, but uh, you would you would assume that Asus and Nvidia wouldn't want to see this graph. So if it were an easy fix, yeah, they would do it. Uh, pricing is high, like we talked about at the beginning. Um, and even though I still think this is actually a really good machine, it's very unique. Um, the keyboard and touchpad, the touchpad location on the right of the keyboard takes some getting used to. It's just like this habit of going, going the, for using the center. Like I, yeah. I very often am typing and using both of my thumbs to scroll, click, mm-hmm. do whatever. Um, can't really do that on this. Uh, I, I'm still curious to see what the other Max-Q designs do to see what their thermals and performance look like in this comparison uh, while also you know seeing what they were able to do with the form factor um, see if Asus is able to make a thinner machine by making this decision or not. So we'll see. Any more thoughts on it, Ken, before we open it up? Not really. Right. We did, and now that you mentioned that, we did actually try to open it up, but man, that was not obvious. You mean the the machine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Was, I was not even going to begin to get into that. Uh, anybody else? Questions? Thoughts? No. XQ. Uh, We do have uh, two new patrons to uh, thank you. Pure Havoc just pledged $3 to our Patreon. Thank you very much, Pure Havoc. And uh, Poopa Loop Poopa Loop just pledged $3 as well. Sweet. Thank you, Mr. Poopa Loop for for becoming a uh, patron that, subscriber. That's Mr. Poopaloop to you? Uh, yes, yes. I would call him no no other than that, to be sure. The the chat brings us a good point. You yes. can't have Optimus and G-Sync, because G-Sync, the display has to be connected oh, directly to the GPU. Okay. Optimus, it's connected uh-huh. to the Intel GPU. Yep, that's true. That's Incompatible. a good point. Incompatible. If only G-Sync was, was an open technology, you could probably Boy. get that to work. You still have to depend on Intel's implementation of the technology. Intel doesn't support FreeSync today. Yeah. Fair. Just throwing it out. But are there any FreeSync laptops? Yeah, probably. I mean, it just figure that could I would go with that as well. Yeah, probably. You figure there could be something with like a you know a DisplayPort multiplexer or something. Yeah, then you're adding extra complexity and cost and space to the board. Yeah, but you'd get an awful lot more battery life. Yeah, but do you really care about battery life for a gaming laptop? Andy like, Roberts says, yes, there are FreeSync laptops. Okay. Yeah. I just can't name a single model off the there, top there of my head, unfortunately. The, um, the Asus made a laptop that was a... Uh, uh, it was a, a AMD processor, AMD GPU. That one has FreeSync. I know that. I, just, I can't remember the model there numbers. There's so many up there. So, um, Okay, let's take a look at... Oh, real quick, Sebastian posted a review of this enormous item in our rundown, the Zalman ZM-K900M RGB Mechanical Gaming Keyboard. You left out the word gaming in the rundown, though. Oh, man, if we're going to put all those words. It, it was getting too long. Oh, oh okay. How, how big of a heatsink fan does it have on it? Uh, Zalman, when I think Zalman, Zalman, I think heatsinks. They make those orb fans, right? Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the ones that had, uh, were their SLI certified? Or NVIDIA certified Zalman coolers, I believe, that uh, had like the for the Enforce platform. That's that's what I remember as well. Mm, yeah. Uh, AMD Robert points out ROG Strix GL702ZC is a FreeSync notebooks with 120 hertz panel, as an example. Thank Although, you very much. Yeah, I'd also nice. point out uh, Mobile G Sync is EDP. Um, it is. There are no modules in Mobile G Sync. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it still has to be connected to the NVIDIA GPU. Right. 
But yeah, the NVIDIA GPU is now what controls it all. Yeah, but I, I, I thought Intel's GPU implementation supported the variable refresh, the mobile. Yeah, but it's not refresh. just it's not I just know, variable refresh. Like there's a lot of other stuff that goes yeah. into the gaming version. I think even AMD it's, would, it's like would tell refresh you. It's like it's so close. Technology you're thinking yeah. of. It's so. Here's the thing. It's so close to get to ninety percent. Yeah, I know. Right, and then it's that last ten percent that makes the difference of a good product and a shitty product, mm. and it takes ninety ninety percent of the work. Anyway, uh, back to the Zalman keyboard. Not a cooler. The ZM K nine hundred M is an RGB gaming keyboard under hundred bucks. Mechanical. Uh, Sebastian took like a look at that. Look at those RGBs. Z machine gaming gear. Z machine gaming gear. It has the Z engine. Uh, which is the above-mentioned 1,000 hertz polling rate, uh, requires no software installation, and is universally compatible with any operating system. It supports USB and PS2. Really? Yeah. Comes with a I fancy I bet you it doesn't glow with PS2. Oh, look at that box. That is a pretty nice box. I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. Uh, there's your USB to PS2 adapter, so I know what year it is. Does the RGB still work? It can't. <laughs> There's Can't, no right? way it works. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, it's plastic, but it felt solid, according to Sebastian. Uh, soft rubber pads, keeping it in place on both the, uh, if you lay it flat or if you angle it up. Uh, I I, I kind of want to try a USB to PS2 adapter in like 2017. Like, it, I just want to know. It I works need to the know. same as it always has? Maybe. Yeah. I guess. Always yeah. key roller. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, they're the same ones they were selling 20 years ago. They just got a lot of stock left. <laughs> Probably true. Uh, Does it say Logitech somewhere on that adapter? <laughs> this uh, this Zalman keyboard comes in blue, black, brown, and red switches. So you're all the varieties you can you can yeah, you, you, you're not all, but majority of they actually cherry switches or are they switches? Um, Did they take a keycap off? No, I think Zalman does their own. Okay. What are they? Blue. Oh, the Khalil Blues. Those are one of the yeah. leading third-party ones that people seem to like. Cool. Man, those patents expired. It seems like a good really keyboard. Rushed the market. Uh, yeah. Sebastian gave it a gold. Yeah, they award. are Kaylee Blue. It's eighty-nine bucks. That's pretty cheap for a mechanical keyboard. It's a lot for a lot of people for a keyboard in general, uh, but for a gaming keyboard, it's uh, uh, pretty pretty good. So, yeah. Why why would you use blue keys on a gaming keyboard? Because blue keys are awesome. They're awesome for typing, but yeah, whatever. I prefer like I love my blues. Like you'll take my blue keyboard over my cold dead hands. Yeah, but it gets annoying. Sounds like a song. It all depends on the ratio and what you do the things. If you game thirty percent of the time, you probably want a blue. If you game seventy percent of the time, you probably want reds. Yeah, okay. I don't know what makes a keyboard a gaming keyboard. I think I think think Browns is a good. Nope. Burn it what? down, blues. No. I'm just saying compromise. <laughs> it's a compromise. Nope. Yeah, that's what I usually settle on, just because, you know, I do a lot of typing, but occasionally I do some gaming, so. What switches are on an Xbox controller? What the, what the brown one is. <laughs> an Xbox controller? Yeah. Do they have cherry switches? Just kind the, of, it, that's not a... Not yet. It's not a switch. <laughs> just a piece of what rubber. It's a rubber nubbin. A, a rubber dome. A nubbin. <laughs> button and things happen. That's, yeah. That's all there is. Um... <laughs> so let's talk about the Microsoft Surface Pro 2017 and the Apple iPad Pro 2017, 2017. because we're not allowed to have numbers after things yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Microsoft Surface Pro dropped the numerics, even though very, I see I saw a lot of people that still just call this the Surface Pro 5. 
Uh, I just yeah. couldn't build myself to do it. So I originally got in the Apple iPad Pro 10.5 inch and was going to do a review of that item. And um, I was using it and, and I basically came to the conclusion that just a review of it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And, and in reality, I wanted to, I was, I was personally trying to use the iPad Pro as a replacement for my laptop. Like, okay. It's going to have better battery life. I know that. What can it do? What can it not do? It sounds familiar. I've always wanted the idea of – I've always loved the idea of having a stylus for note-taking and stuff like that. That's why I've, I've gone through so many of these different like tablet comp- PCs. Yep. Um, so I started – I got some other hardware. And I got the iPad Pro 12.9-inch as well, both of them using the new SoC, a the beast of a screen. Yeah. And then I got in um, the equivalent Surface Pro 5 – uh, equivalent to what price to the 12.9 to the 12.9 yeah okay yeah but it looks like it has a smaller screen um so yeah the specifications look like this and it's and it's always awkward to look at spec comparisons between an arm architecture and an x86 architecture platform yeah um but if you look at just the screen it's the the, the surface pro has um 12.3 inch the ipad pro has 12.9 but okay. um it just feels larger than that like it's they're both they're all 3.3 by 2 aspect ratios although if you look at these devices side by side it does not appear that way yeah because of the way the bezel of the surface pro is it doesn't feel that way yep um now there is some concessions here because to, in order to get the surface pro to the price you wanted which was 999 in this case we got four gigs of ram and 120 gig ssd four gigs of ram is very low it's very low yeah. i agree they a, shouldn't ship a Surface Pro with four gigs. Right? I would I would agree with that sentiment. It's a Core i5 7300U, so it's a two core four thread. The Apple A10X is six core, three high performance, three high efficiency. Uh, the GPUs are very different. Um, it's interesting because you know pricing wise, when you when you combine the tablet, the keyboard, and the pen or pencil, they're within ninety dollars of each other, like twelve forty eight and eleven fifty, right, or eleven sixty, something like that. Um, so they are very like price equivalent parts, um, both and completely un- un- not upgradable. Correct, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> both very uh, difficult to take apart and repair, according yeah. to iFixit. Um, but you can see actually how the the iPad Pro twelve point nine and the Surface Pro uh, ten like they look very similar in size and scope. The ten and a half inch iPad Pro very different. Um, from a hardware design standpoint, there's a couple of things that stand out to me. One, if you look at this as if you look at these as just tablets, if you're only buying a tablet, you're not buying a keyboard. Um, the 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 kickstand on the Surface Pro is amazing. Mm-hmm. It maintain I maintain it to be like the best feature of a generation of devices that have been built. Right, because uh, without a keyboard or a cover, the iPad, all iPads, are awful. Yeah. There's literally like you are you, the kickstand. If you yeah, if you want to watch a movie <laughs> on it, dummy, you hold it up. Yeah. Right? Or find someplace on that plane to yeah, prop, prop it up it against something. Right? Yeah. And and the very slick bottom will fall out from under you anyway, so yep. it doesn't really matter, right? So, sure, but for the hundred dollars you're saving, you could buy the smart cover without the keyboard. You could. You could. I guess. Yeah. Um, that's true. The uh otherwise, if in just tablet mode, the iPad is just the iOS is just clearly built for a touch interface. And Windows 10 is not. Yeah. They have, you know, it's they have better. tablet mode, it's okay. Yeah. You know, Microsoft tried Windows 8.1 or Windows 8, uh, and people hated it. And so they went back to what people wanted, and what they wanted was an operating system meant to have a keyboard and a trackpad attached to it. Yeah. Right? Uh so as a tablet, it's hard, it's a hard sell for a for a Windows device. Um the keyboards on these um, actually were all surprisingly good. 
like to type on them. I, I did a lot of typing on the ten and a half inch and the twelve point nine inch. Yep. There's a iPad little Pro. bit of a learning curve. There right? is, but the like, keyboards feel much better than I expected. The yep. Surface Pro Smart Cover is that what they call it? What do they call theirs? Smart uh, Typing Cover, Smart, smart Type typing, Cover, or something yeah. is really really good. The touchpad works well. Everything feels nice. My biggest complaint about it, and you can kind of get an idea of this here. It's hard to tell. The the Surface Pro was stable on a desk. Even even somebody even on a desk now. The yep. iPad Pro is wobbly. And yours is actually less. You've got you have the I have the smaller one. I have this uh, have 9.7. 9.7. Yeah. The 12.9 with its keyboard, it's too big. The surface area of the keyboard that that is creates the base for the device. Yeah. Is not a high enough ratio compared to the weight, the weight and height the, of yeah. the screen. Yeah. Did you right. use the photo of that in the review? Of which one? I had Took the photo of the keyboard uh, folded all the way out on the 12-inch one. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. This is another photo that kind of shows you. So this is the 10.5-inch. This is the 12.9-inch. And even though they made the triangle bigger uh, and stuff, it's it just always felt like it was going to fall over. You also don't have any adjustment of the angle. It, which yeah. is a pain. it did fall over a couple of yeah, times. It did. Yeah, it You're right. Well, um, the kind of on its own. The 10.5 probably did better. The 10.5 did way better. Yeah. It still wasn't perfect, but it definitely did better than 12.9. 12.9 was kind of laughably... Um, large, large, yeah, and even like I said, even though it, it's the same three by two screen and it and it and it's not much larger physically, it just felt different in the yeah. hand, even when using it. Um, you know, the pen and the pencil I thought were actually really comparable uh, in terms of performance and usability. You know, you've got the battery difference because you charge it in that dumb way on the Apple pencil, but it's actually super convenient because you don't have to worry about finding yeah, a battery. Stick it in the whereas with the Surface the Pen, it requires a quadruple A battery. Which, if you're at the, if you're at a conference or you're at the airport, you might have difficulty finding. But how a long does it last on that? A long time. Okay. A long time. But so does the Apple Pencil. And probably so, probably not you, as long as the. The problem with batteries that last a long time is that you forget yeah. to charge them. Yeah. That was my problem with my when I wore the Pebble was I could go four days. So four days go by, I'm like, oh, and then the fifth oh, day, I'm yeah. like, eh, crap, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot to bring that with me or whatever it was. Right. So, uh, the screens are both, and you can't bring a spare one. Right. Right. That is one benefit I'll give battery powered things is you can yeah. toss a couple of spares in. That's true. You can yeah. if you always have another quadruple A battery in your bag, you'll yeah. be good. Yeah. yeah. The screens are all excellent quality. Uh the edge goes to the iPad Pros on that. They have better quality. So again, I say this a couple times in review. Well, they're the 120 surface, hertz now. So. The Surface Pro has amazing features like the screen quality on the Surface Pro is outstanding. The yeah. battery life on the Surface Pro is outstanding compared uh-huh. to other tablets, Windows tablets. But because they're being compared to a company that does things amazingly well all the time. Right. Um, it looks bad. So, like, this, the Surface Pro screen is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Terrific pixel density, um, uh, very high color depth, um, but the, the screen on the iPad is, you know, DCI-P3. It's 120 hertz. Yep. It's a much better screen. Yeah. Now, the number of times that that matters, that difference matters, is minimal. I think the 120 hertz the 120, matters. I, you can feel it. It's smoother. Yeah. I, I didn't find an application or a use case where I felt like it was a benefit to me other than moving around the operating system. Sure. Right. The idea might be that eventually, you know, VRR gaming, variable refresh gaming comes to iOS and that all gets integrated and it kind of works that better that way. That would make things smoother. And, um, yeah. But I don't, think, I don't think we're there yet. We talked about the keyboards already. Connectivity. Um, they both kind of suck, but at least the Surface Pro has a USB port and a yeah. mini display port. You get a you get a lightning port on the on the iPad. Yeah, there's that picture you were talking about, Ken. That is a lot of surface. That's area. a lot of surface area for like that's the unrolled, if you will, twelve point nine inch. 
12.9 inch tablet. So uh, obviously a lot of difference in the, uh, uh, in the iOS stuff, like the operating systems that is the big point here. Windows is built for productivity. That is my workflow. Mm-hmm. iOS is built for consumption. Consuming. Yeah. Right. Um, and more for consuming. And, and yeah. Productivity is kind of being stapled on as it goes. It's way better than it was when I first got an iPad and the iPad 2 and the iPad Air and all that stuff. Um, but it's still it's still pretty far behind. It's, it's I know, okay. It's okay for like single tasking productivity. Like if you're writing something <laughs> yeah. in Word. I right? actually like I actually great. even put in the story that's like if you have trouble with like ADHD, <laughs> the iPad can help you because that's true. It's kind of it tries to keep you on it's, task. It's a lot of work to like switch applications and yeah. make sure you're not yeah. screwing anything I mean, up. So to, like it kind of focused like... me to to do one thing at a time. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe now, that's what I need. Now you, I, you do get I side by side if you really need to be able to look at something. While, it, and while iOS writing. 11 will change all of this or a lot of it. It help. It'll help. It you more. know, like things like file surface system access is was missing, and I wanted to do this all on iOS 10 stuff that somebody buys and uses today. Yeah, uh, and that may change in the fall. Uh, Performance wise, the general consensus here as we go through Tablet Mark uh, Web Expert Kraken is that in CPU tests, the especially like single threaded loaded tests, the Core i5 was better. Okay. Uh, in multi-threaded, it was kind of a toss-up, maybe a slight edge to the six-core A10X. The GPU leaned in favor of the Apple part. The Intel integrated graphics kind of again shows its inferiority um, in 3D Mark and, and graph, GFX Bench and stuff like that. Uh, but it's also interesting because, like on the Surface Pro, you're not really planning on doing the gaming, doing gaming, right? On the on the iPad. You're probably more likely to do gaming because of the app ecosystem. You know the fact that you can go to the play or the Play Store. You can go to the App Store and uh, download games very easily and run them, and you don't have to worry about Steam in the background or web apps or whatever. Um, so Intel doesn't probably lose very much by being behind in the GPU side, but it's definitely it's definitely a sticking point for them. And then battery life, uh, a pretty big difference. We got over eleven and a half hours of uh, usable Wi-Fi time on the iPad Pros, uh, and even though we only got we got seven hours, just over seven hours on the Surface Pro, which is actually really good for not just a tablet, but for even a whole laptop, right? Like an, a thin and light laptop. Um, it's kind of, again, that's another one of those things where just inherently the mobile first design of the A10X gets you to this, gets you to this conclusion. So, you know, overall, I kind of summarize this as for me, if somebody were asking my opinion on what they should buy, if you're if there's in any way a part of you that is like productivity based, you, you, it's just Windows. It's not even really the hardware that does it at this point. It's Windows um, makes a big enough difference, and the Intel performance is good in those areas that matter on productivity. It's shortened in, on performance on the, on the graphics side, but that's just less important for that particular workload. Because you're not buying a Surface Pro for gaming, and probably not buying an iPad Pro for gaming, uh, at least not gaming first. Um, and maybe in a year we, we can do this again and we look at um, whatever the new iPad Pro is uh, and with the, all the OS changes and stuff. <laughs> the new, 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 new. The iPad, iPad Pro 2018. Pro. Yeah. Uh, and it may be very different because I, in my time using the iPad Pros, especially the 10.5, 10.5 was my favorite of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked the combination of you know usability, battery life, size, portability. I just, there was enough stuff that I couldn't do on iOS that made it uh, a non-starter for like my only device. And if I have to carry my laptop and my iPad kind of defeats the purpose of choosing one over the other. Right. So 
Yeah. There you go. Any thoughts from anybody on this one? I know I, I talked for too long on it probably, so. Well, it's big enough you're not likely to leave it behind on the airplane. I have not lost an iPad on an airplane, but I have No, only a Kindle. A Kindle DX, which was the big <laughs> Kindle. So maybe your argument doesn't mean a whole lot for me. I don't oh, know. sorry. I had more faith in you than I should have. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what else we got? Uh, so we got a lot of... This is our AMD block. This is our weekly block of AMD news. And actually, actually, I want to go tweet this out here. Uh, it's time for our weekly at AMD <laughs> block on the at PC per podcast, PC slash live. And that's not how you spell podcast, right? Uh, there we go. Now everybody knows we're for real. So let's talk about AMD and all the stuff AMD is doing. First of all, they released the uh, Crimson relive driver today and update 17.7.2 which is not roll off the tongue in any incredibly sexy way uh this is an iterative software release this isn't kind of like their previous two huge yearly annual cadence releases um they've done things like the radeon settings is now all in the new user interface as opposed to partially in the old kind of crummy looking catalyst control center stuff yeah uh, so that's good. They've added changes to the Radeon Relive support, the the part of their driver that's integrated that does capture, streaming, sharing, that type of stuff. They've uh, doubled the bitrate maximum up to 100 megabits per second. You can now adjust the like, camera transparencies. Uh, you get notifications on how long you've been streaming and stuff like that. And you can even modify some uh, microphone controls, audio controls uh, from all within the interface, which is nice. Uh, Rayon Wattman now supports memory underclocking, probably not necessary for gaming, so probably necessary for people who were doing mining. They wanted to get that out the door. And they also have the ability to do power state control. So you can actually disable specific DPM states on the GPU if you never want it to enter those. So you could have it always run at high hmm. performance. You could have it always run at low performance. Also something miners were doing. Also something miners were doing. So probably hmm. not a coincidence. Radeon Chill, which is the uh, ability for the driver to um, basically, I don't know how to describe this in, 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 in a handful of words. Radeon Chill lowers your frame rate when you're standing still to lower power consumption on the GPU and then instantaneously increases your frame rate when you start to move. And it did it. Based on like keyboard or it, it does was, it based it was, on input? Yeah. Yes, keyboard and mouse yeah. input, and it was yeah. like per game, like program correct per, so, profile yeah. per game. Yeah, and, and it still is, but now they've added a whole bunch of games um, for the year 2017. Let me see if I can scroll over there. You got stuff like so Dota 2 and League of Legends were announced with the RX 580, but then you got the Division and Doom and For Honor, Battlefield One, Titanfall well, Two, well, it's, Rocket it, League. It's worth noting that Dota 2 didn't work in Vulcan mode. They added and Vulcan and DX12 support. So I pr- would presume oh. it would work now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So while, while Dota 2 worked, it was in DX9. Yeah. And so you're talking about, you know, these are, this is going to be a big slide, maybe not worth showing. Okay. Uh, League of Legends, you know, Dota 2, but maybe Battlefield 1. Look, DirectX 12, Battlefield 1, um, the average in their testing, in this particular test, went from 192 to 148 watts of power, right? And that's... You know, it's going to be very much based on what your testing scenario is, how much you're standing still, how much you're moving. If you're a sniper and you're sitting there uh, uh, camping in one spot for a long time, chances are you can really reduce your power consumption maybe. 
Yeah, but then your frame rate will be so low that when the guy goes to run across, you're just going to see we him. We can only hope. You're only going to see him I bet like it, twice. I bet it doesn't go. I probably doesn't drop down to two frames or anything well, like that. Know, so. yeah. Serves him right for camping. Yeah, see, there you go. It's the anti-camping technology. There you oh, go. Oh, man. Uh, they added frame rate target control for DX12 and multi-GPU. They added per-display color controls, which was apparently the number two voted feature by Radeon users that they wanted to see. Oh, man. I, I'm almost disappointed that this has arrived now that I you ended switched. up switching over. Apparently, from what they said, a lot of people were in that boat where they desperately wanted this capability. So, Well, because I've got a Huey, so I can do one monitor. But you can't match the other two to it. Yeah. With that oh. and an hour and a half and some OCD, I could do it. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, the biggest thing they've added is is called Enhanced Sync. And um, this is somewhat similar to what NVIDIA did with Fast Sync, um, which was, I'm sorry, Tom, was a bad name uh, for this product. Enhanced Sync basically does... Oh, man. Uh, I read this paper from Scott, and I talked to him today about it. So Enhanced Sync basically does, when you are above the maximum refresh rate of your display, if mm-hmm. you have a 60 hertz display, but you're running at 90 frames per second, your okay. GPU can run 90 frames per second. If you right. have VSync on, you would normally be capped at 60 frames, mm-hmm. and, you would, and you would be pushing... No, no. You, you would... Not necessarily. Oh, well, yeah, you wouldn't judder. You would uh, add lag. You would be adding input latency yeah. into the game. Yep. Right? So the idea for Enhanced Sync is that basically it tells the game that it's always displaying every frame it renders so that the game renders as fast as it can. Right. This is, by the way, the exact opposite of chill. The game (laughs) renders as fast as it can. And what happens is when the screen is ready to do the next refresh cycle, the AMD driver takes the next full frame and displays it, or the most recent full frame. And displays it so that you're always running at 60 hertz on your panel yeah. with no tearing. But wouldn't that give you judder? I don't think so. It's where you are in the game. Not so much judder, but things will transport across the screen. Well, a little bit, y- a little bit, yeah. but only in that. The only thing you're missing is what would be showing up in torn frames. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. you have to, if you're going to have be VSync on, like, you have to get judder if you're like, unless it's matched perfectly. There's going to be judder. In some way. perfectly. Unless your frame no. FPS of the game is 60 and your display is 60 and you have VSync on. Like, that's the only time that you're going to mm. be judder-free. No. No, it's, you're not going to get judder at all. No, you're you're so. just going to get larger changes in, in time. Pixel changes. So that's yeah. judder. No. You're still... It's still being, like, all the animation that would have been shown yeah. doesn't get shown. Right. And it's the exact same thing that would be happening if you're running at 60 right. frames per second. But, but unless, so, like, the but unless, is but the, is unless it always skips the exact same number of frames, you will get um, I see what you're saying. Oh, I see what you're talking about. But in general, yes. Yeah. Like, for V-Sync on. Like that's, that's, no, no, no. But for enhanced sync, right. in general, you're going to be skipping the same number of frames. And right. if anything, it's but, going to change by one frame but, as you move up and down sure. that But that you're range. not pushing back on the buffer and you're not adding Correct. a bunch of input latency. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the benefit yeah. is that you don't get screen tearing and you have almost V-Sync-like input latency. Yeah. V-Sync off-like yeah. latency. Now, on the low side, it does something, too, which is more complex um, where – if you go below, ugh, I don't even know how to explain this. Uh, is this, one now? This, this, is, this is still enhanced sync, but basically what it tries to do is it decreases the stutter when the frame rate is below the refresh rate. 
How does it do that? Um, so it does it by um, kind of doing the same type of thing. Uh-huh. And it will make a concession to show a tear if the drop is too severe. Oh. Okay. Like, basically, it has some, and, and I don't really have an answer to this yet, there's either some heuristic where it's keeping track of things to kind of track the vector of how the frame rate is changing, or it's just doing a simple IFTT, you know, yeah, yeah. algorithm on it, um, where it's somewhere around, like, once you get below 60% of your refresh rate, that's going to start to enable tearing as you go in and out of yeah, it. Yeah, because if you were below the refresh rate, usually what would happen is you would just repeat the last frame. Correct. But yeah. maybe if it's like, maybe if it starts repeating the last frame, but then like 10% into it or something, it's like, hey, I've got the next one. Like right. It's, it's ready. It may just be like, like it may make a, a decision of, well... Yeah, it's like <clears> most it, of the but frame... But if it does it at 60% in, it may go, no, it's too late. Right. We're going to wait. Yeah. 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 That, that could, could be part of it. I could see that. I could see that. Um, so this so is why don't you just try. turn off V-Sync if you're that concerned about it? Well, it would give because you... More, then you get be, tearing. It would be less frequent tearing, or like, oh. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's, like, it would be. Yeah. It's, the goal is not that below the refresh rate you get no tearing. It's less frequent tearing. Yeah. Um, and then above it, well, and you, you don't you, tear. You're not going to have several mini frames in one shot with not VSync. You you're going to get. You will at most have one tear. One tear yeah. throughout the entire screen. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, so that's in here. We'll we'll mess around with it and see what see what we see. Uh, and that will work on Vega and RX four hundred and five hundred. Uh, they is have it, a beta testing program. They have a new GPU profiler for developers to use. Hold Go on, ahead. does any of that other enhanced sync stuff kick in when you have a free sync panel and you're above yes. or below? Uh, I was going to mention that. Yeah, huh. uh, it works with FreeSync. You can enable it with FreeSync, which basically means normally with the FreeSync monitor, if you're above the refresh rate, uh-huh. you're in a VSync on state. If you have it, you could pick. Right. Yes. Like you can now choose. you can pick enhanced, and it will behave the same way. Which will give you lower latency, but still have no tearing. Yes. Which is good. Correct. Correct. That's great. Yeah. Which, That's, is that does Nvidia side even do that? Correct. Yeah. You Currently? can use fast sync with okay. G sync. Yeah. Um, and then for free sync on the bottom side, if your oh. monitor supports LFC, then you don't have to worry about it ever. Right. Yeah, you, but I think there's a limit to how. Uh, I th- well, I don't know, but I think it's really low. Yeah, it's, and, it's and really low. And at that low. point, enhanced sync's not going to make that big a difference. Yeah, um, yeah, If your monitor doesn't have LFC support, then enhanced sync will apply and kind of do the same thing that you're doing uh, with, with standard refresh rate monitors. So cool little features. Um, we'll do some testing with that. I'm, I'm really, really interested to see if there's other stuff in this software. Uh, this the Somebody was asking, somebody said that they heard this driver added 3 or 4% to Vega FE. This doesn't have Vega FE device IDs in it, so I don't really know where they got that from. Um, but, but it was on the internet. Right, exactly. Uh, now, so, nobody is allowed to lie on the internet. No, no. So we'll, I, I'm curious to see what, what kind of opens up with uh, the Vega driver, if there's other enhancements that kind of, that kind of uh, uh, go along with this. Um, what do we got here? All right. We've got a couple of new patrons before we get into our next AMD story. Oh, we got a handful. All right. Justin easily Ooh. edited their pledge from $5 to $6.99. $6.99. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Pure Havoc. Thank you. Second mention today uh, upped his current pledge from 3 to $5. So he's uh, getting full use out of this one. Thank you, Pure Havoc. Um, would you compare the user experience of the Wacom 32 UHD monitor that comes... Just edited their pledge. 
from five to six sixty six. To be sure, to be fair, his name is all one word. Would you compare the user experience of the Wacom 32 UHD monitor that comes? And I guess he ran out of characters yeah. at that point. Yes. I'd like to make a collect call. And I don't know that that's fair. I'd like to make a collect call from, is, uh, We got a baby, it's a boy. Well, that's not really... I was just going to do that. <laughs> uh, and a new pledge from Anthony Abel uh, for $5. Thank you, nice. Anthony. Thank you, everybody, for the support. All right. Other AMD news. They reported Q2 results, Josh. How many did dollars they now? did they make? How many dollars? $1.22 billion. Of dollars. Is, that, is that good? Is that bad? That's pretty good. It's a, uh, what, 27% increase from their previous quarter? Their last one was a sub $1 billion. Now, if you look back at AMD, <clears throat> when they had the foundry, Around 2004, 2005, 2006, they were making about $1.5 to $1.6 billion a quarter. And that was before graphics. And and then they got graphics and things started to kind of slow down. The Phenom 2 was not as competitive, but we hadn't seen the bad parts yet. We didn't see Bulldozer and that rabbit hole. And... uh Finally, in Q1 of this year, they made something like $992 million. So you take a, what, 33% drop in revenue with a company that is larger than it was before due to ADI, ATI. But you know, then again, they, they did get, around, get rid of the foundry portion to Global Foundries. Um, they just weren't making much money. Mm-hmm. Last three years, their CPU GPU group has had negative operating revenue. Is that correct? Income. Anyway, um. income operating income. Um, and that's that's kind of hard because that's the bread and butter of AMD. Yeah, they've they've got the semi custom and the server, which is kind of grouped together. And semi custom has been keeping them afloat nicely. Mm-hmm. But it's semi-custom is, is is really a seasonal, and you are at the whim of the guys making the semi-custom orders, namely Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. And so when they're looking forward to Q1 and Q2 of that year, and they say, you know what, we don't need any more of these CPU, GPU things. We're just not going to you know make any more, and you're not going to get any royalties. Things kind of go to hell. But Q2 was really important, obviously, because that is the first full quarter of Ryzen revenue. Mm -hmm. And it made a direct and positive impact on the company. Not only that, but their refresh of the RX series, the RX 500 series, which you can criticize that as much as you want about how close it is to the RX 400 series. It doesn't matter because they damn near have sold out of everything due yep. to mining and people just wanting to upgrade GPUs. So in between these two things, they saw something like a 57% increase in the CPU GPU revenue from last year just alone. And so it's 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 a pretty big deal. They lost $16 million this quarter. And a lot of that was due to a lot of the uh, kind of employment packages and and, um, uh, 
stock options. What is that sound back there? I don't know. Is somebody laughing? No. No? <laughs> we'll let it's you know if somebody kids. sneaks in behind you. <laughs> Please let me know because... Well, it'll be late though because I just want to see what happens. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good humor and fun <laughs> times. But anyway... Uh, when all those things come together, uh, graphics, CPU, Ryzen, chipsets, uh, they, they, you know, even though they lost 16 million due to a lot of that, if they went to non-GAAP uh, type accounting, which doesn't include stock options, paying off people that are going away, whatever, uh, they made 25 million. And that's that's profit. This is one of their first ones that they've had in quite some time. It's a big deal. So 1.22 billion is nice, but their guidance for next quarter is up another something like 23%. So they're expecting another 1.5 billion dollar quarter, which they have not seen in ages mm. since at least they had their foundries and uh, those were kind of, you know, running underneath uh the company. So this is this That's is good. a huge turnaround yeah. from AMD. I, you know, and the first full quarter of Ryzen, uh, they'll have, you know, next quarter, um, we'll be talking about Threadripper edition. We'll be talking about Vega edition. We'll be talking about Mo- uh, Ryzen 3 edition. Ryzen, Ryzen Pro. Ryzen Pro. Uh, yeah, I think so. Ryzen Pro yeah. will probably be shipping by then. Um, yeah. So, Q4 is probably going to be the mobile Ryzen stuff, yep. their APU. They're not going to have desktop APU yet, as far as from what I understand. I think but if, if then, Robert if yeah, Robert's got, still in the chat, I want him to remind me what the specific number of product launches that are occurring this year. He I've, bailed on us. Oh, he left? Okay. That number was floating around, though, recently. Well, from me, probably. Yeah. Because I, I, I was talking to... to some of their guys about like, you know, last in 2016, we did five product launches as a company. And in 2017, I think it was like, it's, it was going to be 18 or 22 yeah. or something like that. Some huge amount. Sure. feels like it. As a person who just, I just, I mean, there's oh, I bet half of those boxes stacked in that corner are AMD centric stuff. Yep. Right. So, all right. Uh, earnings. They're good. Let's talk about something way more important though. Processor packaging. Mm-hmm. AMD we like mean like packages. UGA versus LGA versus... Oh, no, sir. Oh. Boxes. Big packages. Uh, AMD teased the Ryzen Threadripper packaging um, by posting these two pictures on social media. This one right here that as the Ryzen Threadripper package, uh, it looks like it's got like a styrofoam border around it and the eye of Sauron in the middle. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's staring you down. It does. It's it's like, uh, it reminds me of, uh, what's that, the Jurassic Park where like the Tyrannosaurus Rex looks in the window with his one eyeball <laughs> while the well, kid's shining the light on you it. You set that down on the table in front of you and there's a little thing that activates and it says, you are not worthy. And yeah. then it stares you down. If mm. you look in the middle uh, behind the Z, the processor is there. Yeah. So the CPU is inside this thing It's like somewhere. hovering in the middle. Um, it's not big enough for a cooler. People who are thinking that there was like a water cooler embedded in this are, are kind of nuts. No. Unless maybe you take the processor out. They tell you to fill it with water, and now the whole thing becomes the, the hey, radiator. Yeah, liquid cooling. Yeah. yeah. I, think that's, I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for a little bit of scale, this is CEO Lisa Sue holding the Threadripper packaging. 
And actually in this picture you get a, a sense of like – it's not like – this you kind of look like it could be uh, an inch or two thick, right? Here it's 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 a deep package, right? Like there's yeah. a lot of space in there for stuff, I guess, and things and, and well, we stuff. thought they were going to include a bracket for like other water coolers, right? That's the rumor going around that they're going to have brackets in there. I, I don't know, or maybe the coolers will have to have it because it's a new, isn't it? A new thread spacing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It for- is. Yeah, TR four is a new thread spacing, so somebody has to answer that. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, there ha- nobody's been selling or talking about like TR4 kits to buy on Corsair or anything like that, right, Ken? Like that's not like a thing we've seen. I haven't seen any. any there that was yet. that knock to us showing off. We've gotten till giant early. prototypes at Computex. But. Oh yeah, we've gotten till early mid August to get that figure out. So plenty of time, guys. Plenty of time. Yeah. Um, there's not much else to say about this other than I think it looks cool. Uh, Ken did not like it, but he has since come around. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Um, I think it's cool. It. To me, you know, people have have kind of called it that it looks like uh, an old time portable TV box with like 9D batteries in the back. It's like a Mac yes, Classic. Yes, it does. So how long a do Mac we get classic. before? How long do we get until someone does a system build inside one of those? Uh, uh, not long, but it definitely won't be a Threadripper no, system. No, it will not be a Threadripper <laughs> system. <laughs> Raspberry Pi done. Yeah, ras- like, yeah, 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 exactly. You put a you put a Raspberry Pi in there, uh, and you have you know display output and stuff. Yeah, that could be. That's actually kind of neat. Just have right. it looping that that section of Lord of the Rings that shows the eye of Sauron. Yeah, you could, people yeah. would put a screen yeah. where that is, right? Exactly. We could probably yeah. do that, right? Get a get a, uh, yeah. a one by one screen and kind of mat, mat it in there. I could see that happening. Yeah, I'd be more impressed if someone turns it into a ring box. We've got that extra set over there needing stuff. That would be a good project for somebody who's not us mm. <laughs> to mm. do and then send to me is what I mean. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, I mean that's that's clearly what we're talking about here. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Not much more to read into this other than it's clear by looking at this immediately that they spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. They're very proud of this product. Yeah. Um, they understand the importance of this product, of having that flagship processor. Uh, I mean, it's a CPU. There's only so much aesthetic you could put into the CPU true. itself, right? So, yeah, yeah. so put some in the packaging, right? For I, their GPUs, like the, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Vegas the Vega Frontier Edition is a, is a great looking card yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, okay, you know what, you know what I'm, I am most impressed of? Thinking of Threadripper and Epic and their highest clock speeds because they do not have monolithic dies. It seems like they could have really improved. Well, I mean, they have the ability to get really granular with the amount of power delivered to each of the different dies. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're able to achieve these. You know the same base and boost clock speeds as the individual Ryzen's at the top end. That's just neat stuff. Mm. Flexibility is yeah. it's a nice thing. I, I can't touch my toes, but it's a nice thing. I'm sure there are some people inside Intel who are like scratching their heads of why they didn't do a cool like packaging marketing thing with any of their HEDT parts yeah, because they've I mean, because coming, using using box. glue on Doritos is no fun. They yeah. think. Like, what does Intel's, you know, $1,000 or $1,500 CPU come in? <laughs> a is cardboard, just, like just a, a thin cardboard, cardboard box. box. like a brown box? Looks no, like no, a box you throw away because you're core. using your computer. Oh, it's just the blue box? No, yeah. and there's, I think the core, the core i9, the X-series is black box. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just a box. At the end so. of the day, it's just the box thing came in, so, like, yeah. yeah. Indeed. But, but this will be on a shelf. Yeah. But chances are, if you spend $1,000 on a core i9, you're also going to put that on the shelf, even if it doesn't look as good. <laughs> That's just, that's, just, that's just the mentality I have. Uh, also, so we talked about AMD's big things in their packaging. Let's talk about their small things 
In their packages. In their packages. I mean, um, Jeremy, what was this story over at the Inquirer about? Uh, uh, Mark Papermaster, their CTO for AMD, did a talk uh, sort of discussing how AMD is going to be moving towards a 7 nanometer node and uh, how they're not going to be immediately jumping into that uh, because, well, it's a small company. Everyone's sort of working on the same stuff at the same time. Mm. So they've got to find ways that they can shrink stuff that is going to work across the entire product line. And so part of what he got into is what he was calling uh, 2.5D chip stacks, which is essentially describing uh, the way that they're leveraging interposers right now, uh, especially on uh, Threadripper, but on some of the other platforms as well. And uh, I mean, even HBM sort of ties into that where you can get smaller features more densely packed without having to completely switch to EUV immediately to get down to seven nanometer. So it's it's an interesting uh, little talk. Uh, The whole video isn't available through that link, but I'm sure if you dig around, you can find it. Josh might have even watched it. I don't know. I didn't watch it, but I I read about it. He didn't and watch seven it, he nanometer TV. What's that? Play one on TV. Sure, why Never not? He's um, doing that right now. You, here's here's the problem with seven nanometer. <clears throat> you got different guys with different uh, definitions of what seven nanometer is. Right. And so Global Foundries, they've got one definition. TSMC's got another. Uh, TSMC apparently is quite close to their 7 nanometer implementation, but we have no idea what that compares to in terms of actual dimensions and performance as compared to what Intel's 10 nanometer is or what Global Foundry's 7 nanometers and Samsung. So you got to take a lot of this with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But what we do know is, is that they've got to do like quad patterning on these, and that makes design a whole lot more interesting. And by interesting, I mean really stinking hard. Yeah. So it's, yeah, there's there's no doubt that, um, you know, you, you can have some simple chips going on 7 nanometer and doing some test stuff, um, you know, today. But doing anything really complex, it takes a lot of design work. It takes a lot of, of, of development. It takes a ton of money going in between these guys, um, Global Foundries, TSMC, whoever, and and the people who design these ASICs. It's just so much development. You remember back in the day when, uh, oh, well, what uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it may have been mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 130 nanometer, okay. where they had the vias that would just disconnect that they'd have voids in there when you started applying electricity and current through these, these, these voids would migrate and they would actually disconnect portions of the chip and they would just stop working. And the stuff that we're dealing with now makes that look like child's play. Mm. So it's, um, you know, it's fascinating stuff and it's, it's no wonder why new fabs, and any kind of new process technology literally takes billions of dollars to create. But it's worth it in the end because we're talking, you know, ARM is, is planning on shipping, what, a billion chips this next year? That seems like a lot. Yeah, it's a ton. Yeah, not it's for a, ARM. 
and I mean IoT, PCs, tablets, cell phones, everything we have requires these chips, and you're just producing a ton of them the faster you can get to these lower processes for these bigger parts. Right. The more you're going to sell, and everybody's happy. But boy, the cost of getting there is impressive. That's not me paying for it. Uh, no. We, before we move on, we do have two more patron uh, things land on here. Speaking P- of paying for it. Pure Havoc, indeed, edited his pledge from $5 now to $20. So uh, Pure Havoc, that's your he's, third It's his third mention, but he's three, five, now 20. That's great. Um, he's playing Havoc with your bottom line. He is. That's fine. If he wants to go higher, that's fine. As long fine. as he keeps going up. Uh, <laughs> you got you to gotta at least be in there for a full month, though. I got. I got to get you in there for a full month at this rate. Don't don't back out on me now. And then uh, David edited their pledge from five to six ninety nine as well. Six ninety nine. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't it incredible? And thank you. Uh, all right. Build your own water cooling loop with the EKWB L three sixty kit. Jeremy, you wrote this up. This is a story over at Modders Inc. What was uh, interesting about this? Uh, I mean, overall, it was just more or less a decent uh water cooling kit not an all your not not, eh, not an all in one but one that you've got to do yourself but the one nice thing that they did about it which uh, modern Inc. didn't actually get a chance to test was you can add a gpu cooler to this loop and mm. they've actually got a pump strong enough that you can add a second radiator to it so that that makes it you know a little bit more interesting than your average water cooling kit because gotcha. most of them i mean the head pressure is not good enough that you can do two radiators this one they're saying no if you're going to do a gpu kit uh first we'll happily sell you one and second off toss a second uh 360 mil radiator on there and it's still going to run perfectly well hmm. so apart from that i mean ekwb has been around for a very long time for water That's cooling true. so y- you've got a good idea what the quality is going to be from them. Yeah. Uh, apparently it was like 1999 when they kicked off. And if you were water cooling in 1999, ooh, let me tell you, you were edgy. <laughs> uh, we also have a new challenge on the SSD world, the Toshiba XG5, which is a M.2 NVMe storage SSD thing. Yeah. yeah, it is a storage thing. It's using their uh, the new chips on it. And it's just some chips on it. Well, inside those chips is the new. Uh, it's a Bix three um, lighter. No, no, not a lighter. <laughs> uh, Sixty four layer a NAND. big switch. <laughs> so it's uh, Toshiba's, uh, you know, like three D NAND. Okay, all right. right. Sixty four right. layer NAND. Um, and you know, I mean, the NAND pretty much determines in a large degree, how fast an SSD goes as far as like, usually the flash is the limitation on your write speeds and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. Um, the controller is also, you know, uh, an issue, like depending on, you know, slower SSDs. Sometimes the firmware is not that great on the controller or whatnot, but, um, XG five looks, uh, pretty strong actually. Um, so, uh, Jeremy put the article up, uh, pointing to the tech report review, um, we have an XG5. We've done all the testing on it. Just the review's not live yet, but um, results look really good. Um, and uh, I agree with uh, Tech Report's results as far as like our results match up, right? Like it's it's pretty close. Not quite a 960 Pro or Evo, but it's close. Damn close. Yeah. Um, and it's close even in our like 
mixed workload tests and like you know we have some tests that kind of even put driver under under even more stress mm-hmm. than like typical reviews do right right um still looks good uh even in those tests um mm. and uh another thing that looks really good on it is uh our trim speed results, which previous uh, OCZ slash Toshiba drives have done very badly on. Like when you issue trim commands or you delete files, right. like the right. drives will hiccup and stutter and stuff like that. Um, uh, the XG5 actually uh, is doing better than squeaky, Samsung squeaky. drives in some respects gotcha. on those tests. So like, you know, nipping at its heels and in some places, uh, you know, beating it. So, interesting. It's good stuff. Uh, however, you can't buy the drive. It's an OEM drive? It's an OEM-only drive. Now, yep. now realize... Can you buy it, like, aftermarket type of thing? I mean, you might... It'll, I'm sure it'll pop up on the aftermarket, but, like, it's not a retail product. It's meant to only be, you know, in OEM hmm. devices. Um, now, granted, Toshiba usually has the OEM part, and then at some point in the future, hopefully, they'll be the same exact part, just you know, re- rebranded under OCZ right. as a retail part, right? So it'll probably show up as a Revo drive something, hmm. right? Like an R, you know, there was an RD400, maybe this would be like an RD500 or something. Um, okay. You know, and once that happens, if it happens, then you can then you can more easily obtain it. I think, you know, I was recommending to them right off the bat, like they should be also producing it as a retail drive if it performs well, and it performs well. So it's silly to have something that's like a great performer out there, but you know, power users and enthusiasts would have to go find some laptop that had it in it and then take it out and put it in their desktop. That'd be kind of silly, right? <laughs> totally worth it. And it's not yeah. like your OWC back in the day when you owned all the Apple stuff. Yeah. All right. Pure Havoc bumped up to $30. Well, He's digging a hole no way. of positivity. He's really, man. <laughs> for our website. He's going for a record. Listen, you've already beat the record on how many times somebody... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, got mentioned per that, episode. That record that's was true. like one. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> so <laughs> maybe two, maybe two. He'll drop it down to a buck after the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you'll get a, a negative repeat. Well, no, he should do it during the show, so you have to announce it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Asus unveils flagship X three seventy ROG Crosshair Six Extreme. This is an AM four board for your Ryzen seven five three, I guess, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so this is a, a pretty high-end board. It's an EATX motherboard, so you know that means you're going to have a serious amount of crap on it. Um, <laughs> sorry. 12-phase DigiPlus VRM, uh, a whole bunch of expansion and storage slots, including uh, dual PCIe 3x16, a uh, 3 you know by ones 2M.2 slots, 8 SATA ports. So is that... Uh, LED lighting on the back, or is that just their effect? Yes. It looks like LED lighting on the back. It yeah. is, and not it's, only that, but look at that ATX power connection. It's right it's angle. on its side. People have asked yeah. for that for a while, and yeah. I think that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Uh, but I forget. I, mean, I think I asked somebody once. It was probably JJ why they didn't do that, and there was something about. It's easy to pry off. Do you, do you notice how power. deep that is and how many connections it yeah. likely has so that you yeah. can't pry it off? <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. that a bet? Sounds like a challenge. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have JJ send you one and you can have the ATX challenge. Yeah. Where do I shove my Threadripper processor, though? 
Uh, uh, anyway, you got to snap okay. it in half first. You put yeah. it in one of the spice. You got to get slots. a C clamp <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of solder. Yeah. Uh, it has. The body thing has sixteen fan headers. Well, what? really? Thirteen of them are on the board. There's a, another three you get with an add-in part. <laughs> in case wait, you wait, wait, wait. That's more. gotta that's gotta be reversed. No. Really? Why would you have an added board to give you three you when you already have thirteen? Yeah. It you doesn't got make two sense. Two rooms of four right close to each other so huh. that you can actually do your rad uh properly. Right? So everything Enhance. is going towards uh one little spot for your radiators. And yes. uh, okay. there's a the block of them. Just sort of go like, look at them. They're, it's insane. There's a whole block of yeah, them. There's a whole block on the wow. bottom. Wow. Yeah. So they put them in the places where you'd want them if you had like a rat up top there. and a rat down below. And that's cool. Yeah. All right. All no, right. I, I, that was the one thing I took away from this where I'm like, holy shit, that's insane. But you did it very well. I huh. just, I just don't get the add in only giving you three more. Yeah. Why does the add in? You need more point. than 13. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, know. I guess I think something. that's more of a there's something sh- uh, there's a cable that's too short or there's something I got to do that just needs an extra three because <laughs> I mean an extra three hundred and sixty mil radiator only needs three pins right or well three headers. Good yeah. lord, it's got the ESS Saber DAC attached to the uh, the audio. That's that's a pretty high end unit. Well. You they know. didn't screw around with this board. How much is this board? No, they did not. Do we know? They didn't it's say. It's not going to be cheap. Uh, let's see. It's going to be over 300 bucks. Uh, is it one of those? Yeah, 50 the, bucks. The, the Crosshair 6 Hero, which is they, is, is they step down, is 245 or 270 if you get it with the AC Wi-Fi. Yeah. So another 100 this bucks over that. This one's about 350. Yeah. yeah. Hey, a lot of money. For, for AMD, like, it's just great to see... Even even though we know these are low volume parts, like these types of parts for AMD, they need to exist. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, all right, uh, one more news post before we get to our picks. This is another USB standard that I don't know anything about. Jeremy, what in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I am really, really looking forward to now typing out in every laptop review USB three point two Gen one Type C. USB three point two. Gen 1 Type-C. Hmm. Yes, and I'm assuming the Gen 1 because we've already got USB 3.1 Gen 1 and Gen 2. Uh, some are Type-C, some are not. Why didn't they just call it Gen 3? In this 3? case, thankfully, they're all going to be Type-C. Huh. So we've at least got that out of the way. What will I do with my printer, though? <laughs> uh, you'll throw it out and beat it with a baseball bat like you should. Because yes. that's yes. what printers deserve. Correct. So the the big trick with this is that they've doubled uh, the transfer from 10 gigabits to 20 gigabits, and they've done that by allowing USB to take pair take over all four wire pairs, because before they only just did the two. Thunderbolt would use the four, DisplayPort would use the four, but USB stuck itself down to the two. <laughs> so by opening it up for everything, boom, you can now hit uh, 20 gigabits. I couldn't. It's a gigabit. I didn't. Uh, I. Yeah, blah, blah. I didn't have enough time to check out uh, if it still was able to deliver power if you're using uh, data for it. My assumption I is yeah, I mean, I I'm would assume. sure it would. Yeah. You ought to remove those features they've added. Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard to remove, but so now we've got if another they, if USB they, If they made one that didn't have power, it'd probably be USB 3.05. 
right? That way you know it's a regression from 3.1 and it Let's has have another power. one. Yeah. 3.05 is basically the same data but with no power. Yeah. Nice. You probably can't do 20 gigab- gigabits. I almost screwed up and said like Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> and power. <laughs> and power. Because if you're using all of the wire pairs. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking they've got all oh, four you wires. You can't do 20 gigabits and display or and power, but you can I don't, do I don't 20 think gigabits. I don't think they would use a wire pair, a, dat, a power pair for They're data. saying they're using all four pairs, which implies yeah. I don't know. there are only four golden fingers in there. No, no, there's, <laughs> there's more than that. Uh, all right, before we get into our hardware software picks of the week, two Patreon Patreon notes here. Raw Banana just pledged $3. Thank you, Raw Banana. And Pure Havoc comes in again at $50, going from $30 to $50. Pure Havoc uh, doing great things, supporting supporting us and, uh, and this, this wonderful show. I mean, clearly this must be the best episode of the podcast we've ever we're, done. We're be, I, I, I think we can make it to 100. Do you think we can we're make it be, to 100? Listen, we're going to be checking the Patreon specifically for this guy. Oh, pure, oh yeah, for sure. No, I get email notifications on all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, okay. So. So do we need to like open up in lower third and have like you know sponsored by? We need a new. Uh, That's true. There you go. There's there's our so new there you level. Go. If you for a hundred bucks a month, this episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by yeah yeah dude you're havoc dude name oh you said you can't say it could it, be now they can now they can capture our voices it could be and synthesize it back into place yeah they just cut it together exactly. and they already did got it for oh darn they can put it on their trophy case of audio files uh yes. let's move into uh <laughs> our hardware software picks of the week uh up versus me and my selection is a uh device that uh we've needed for a while around here and as it turns out uh, and we just got one in. This is the tech. It's just tech orbits. I don't know what that brand means. Well, yeah, but it's deprecated. I mean, it's only three point one, man. Yeah, oh, it's already God, it's already out of date. It's out of I date already. Get another one. This is a USB three point one Type C, uh, and Thunderbolt port compatible converter to Display Port full size Display Port. It's basically if you have a USB Type C port on your laptop, you can convert it to Display Port, hook it up to a laptop or to a laptop to a monitor. Uh, that way um is this an active no no it's all passive because the display port comes through usb 3.1 which is is why this cable thunderbolt well it's on sale but which is why it's seven dollars yeah i think that's pretty cheap i think that's all i paid was seven dollars yeah for it as well so it's one of those things that when you need it you need it and you can't really cobble anything else together we have a specific need for it because we get a lot of devices in here that we're always testing and and trying to check out you wouldn't need this out there until you buy a laptop or device that has USB 3.1 Type C. Like yeah. if you if you have a desktop motherboard with Type C, you really don't need this because you're going to have a graphics card in well, it. You're going to well, attach even, your monitors there. But you're not even guaranteed that it will pass it on a desktop system. That's true, right? Like uh, if it's Thunderbolt, it will. Right. Uh, and if it's USB 3.1, it doesn't. It doesn't, to. doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So just you caution for those yeah, yeah. that you know again, have a desktop you system. You wouldn't and go, need it. Um, I can plug in that all, all of our new. All of our new Dell laptops at work have the C connection. Yeah, that go to the uh, the the brick that mm-hmm. has all the video outputs yeah. and the power. Do you like those? So, yeah, uh, they're handy, but mm-hmm. 
they've got a couple of little bugs. Yeah, yeah we have one of the yeah, starting to play with that too. I'm not a big fan. It's really? not been a seamless experience. <laughs> well, the HDMI yeah. port on one of ours keeps flash. Well, multiple of ours keeps just flashing on the dock. Oh, like so, the screen image is flashing. Yeah. Correct. Mm, that's a Did you get the new driver? New driver, new firmware. Yeah, no. lovely. Have Oosh you tried Oosh. turning it off and back on again? I, I have, once or twice. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now I'm about to pick one of those up in the coming weeks to test out for work, and I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, it'll be great for you. I'm oh, sure I'll deal with it for, fix for Users them. I'm worried about. All it, right. It hurts my eyes. Uh, up next is Jeremy. And did you just pay, send me to a landing page? He did. Well, no, it's a deal page. Oh, okay. What do we got? Roswell. Roswell is having Roswell. a deal for some reason. Uh, yes, Roswell. It's all UFOs. <laughs> uh, there are some decent deals on power supplies, uh, some coolers. But hey, you know what else Roswell makes? Cookers. Ooh, I can if start my own Facebook cooking or show. a halogen convection oven. It. it it's all freaking on sale. It's an induction and, and a wireless N one fifty Wi Fi. Oilless low fat air fryer. Induction no are expensive usually, although that's just a that's single. But eighty like, bucks. That's Canadian. what all of the like YouTube people and the Facebook people use for the direct down shot where they're doing the cooking and you find yeah, it. And it's exactly what are we talking about? Induction. So it's it's eighty bucks induction Canadian. For, I mean, if you want me yeah. to buy some and send them this, down, this uh, that's only like no, sixty that, bucks. That, that thing. They have any rice cookers? That sounds like something Roswell might make. Uh, they got a pressure cooker yet? There's an air fryer. No. Is this different than the top of my stove? It's just one of them. It's, it's just d- one no. external. You don't right? have an induction No, stove. you don't have induction. You have uh, electric. Yeah, it's just, it's just so That's you, the kind that you can have top. the pot boiling and then mm-hmm. take it off and lick it. That's and it an doesn't actual, burn your tongue. It's an actual induction coil. It's like wireless charging. Yeah. Except, yeah. except. So I can put my phone on it. Except, yes. yes. <laughs> put your phone on that 1.8 kilowatt. Uh, it'll charge it in three seconds. But the problem is, the fourth, the fourth second is the problem. Whoa, so you got to be quick about it. You got to be really yeah. quick. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. I'll pay attention. I mean, if it's only three seconds, I feel like my attention span won't be. Won't be off the fourth like that. is That's you could idea. scramble an egg on. It's got five pre-programmed settings: hot pot, stir fry, fry, warm milk, and soup. And see, there's no charge. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Polished A-grade crystal plate surface. You know it. Up to eighteen. So I clicked watts. on that just to see. Okay, maybe there's a power supply deal. And then I was reading through it. And I go, okay, nice. this is nice. just too funny not to do. Yeah. All right. All right. And besides, some of these cookers are friggin' awesome. Like the air fryers are impressive. Yep. All right. Uh, what do we got up next, Josh? I don't know. What do we have? You got next. a monitor? I do. You know, I've been looking at this, and then it came on special, and I was thinking in front of the wife. She's got a 25 inch right now. It's a 29, even though it's the same, you know, 25 by 1080 screen. It's FreeSync, IPS. Gosh, and it's twenty bucks off. So it's what two forty nine minus twenty, so two twenty nine for a pretty nice adjustable screen. That's that's going to be good for a lot of different folks. I'm I'm just nice. I need to win the lottery so I can just buy more of these things. Everybody needs to win the lottery for a lot of reasons. We all do. It's true. If they would just give us all the money. It would be fine. Give us the monies. It would. 
Alan. Hey, so uh, cheap hard drives. Really cheap hard drives. If you're willing to do surgery. 10 cents a gigabyte? If you want to do some... It's, it's <laughs> it should almost, be well below 10 cents a gigabyte. Uh, okay, so the math on this deal comes to 2 cents per gigabyte. Oh, shit! That's two five times per, less expensive than SSDs should be. Than Ryan's than, than what they should be. So, uh, okay, so there is a drive called a Western Digital Easy Store. I believe it's only sold through Best Buy. Um... Eight terabyte drive. I think the easy, I think you're right. I think the Easy Store brand is Easy only Store is. I think it's a specific Best Buy like specific uh, yeah. branding thing. Um, they're normally like three hundred bucks inside these drives. Now this is subject to change. However, I currently. don't think it's going to change anytime soon. And currently, um, what's inside these is an eight terabyte red. And I don't mean a white label drive like their actual red. Like, it's a red label drive with the regular product number, mm-hmm. like model number of mm-hmm. a Western Digital Red. So you um, mean later than air. As a matter of fact, uh, it's actually a newer SKU of the red. In other words, it is, oh. in other words, it is the, the body, the newer body style and newer electronics that are present in the 10 terabyte um, HE10 and, uh, oh, yeah, there you go. The red the, 10 terabytes. The, yeah, the newer body style. So in other words, it's like the label looks a little different. Uh, you know, the face is more like square. Looks uh, like a hard drive. It, it, it looks, it looks like a hard drive. The yeah, edges off. It's a slightly different um, form factor of the drive. Basically, it's just a newer revision to the hardware, right? Um, you know, so if you're going to buy hard drives, you might as well get the newest version. You have to shuck them. You, 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 you do have to. <laughs> it doesn't void the warranty. You sure? Yeah. Because anybody that does data recovery on these things, they have to shuck them to do data recovery before they do, you know, attempt to do their return. Right? So it's like... Okay, so you know, don't break the enclosure. If you take the serial number of this drive mm-hmm. that's written on the label mm-hmm. and you type it in, mm-hmm. like it's just... That's it. You can just RMA it that way. You can RMA it that okay. way. Yeah. Um, anyway, so 160 bucks. These drives, like, you know, look up an 8 terabyte red. They're, like they're they, 270, I think. Is that right, Jim? Didn't we see they... 260. They, they were over they 300, were over and now they're on sale for like 270. Yeah. They're down to 270. Yeah. So you're still saving like 120 bucks, 100 bucks per drive. Yeah. That's, that's because that meg cash version is probably going to hit the channel for the bare drive, and it will be the higher cost, right? So because the ones right. that are on sale for 270, are the old are the 128 meg. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Now and, we like we have noticed there is the mix of the. 128 meg and the 256 meg in the channel for the external drives currently. Okay, yeah. So some more points on that. If you order these online, I think they limit you to two. Uh, I got three last time. That was last time. Okay. So now they're more limiting online. However, in store, and I verified this myself because we just bought a few because we're going to be building an array for the office at some point here. Um, but in the store, on the placard, and even the fact that I bought four of them from a store... Like, there is, does not appear to be a limit for in-store. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's two online. So if you walk in the store, and there's just a shelf full of them, and in my case, like, I went, I hit a couple and of stores. And also, here. you happen to need huh. 13 hard drives well, at any given point <laughs> in your life. The stores tend to not, like... Well, we're talking about Alan here. They're so, so cheap, Yeah, though. he does. The stores tend to not stock, like, that many, but, like, I saw, like, eight or nine of them on the shelf at the store. Here in Florence? Uh, there was, like, six on the one... Here in Florence, and then well, you like, went to multiple Best Buys. I went to a couple of different ones because I, w- I was looking for the older version because I already have a bunch that I'm going to put in the right. 
So that's another data just point. Actually, GPUs for sale, Alan. <laughs> all of the ones that I saw. So Jim, you just ordered some online. <laughs> they canceled that order. Oh, they canceled that order. Okay. So the last time there was a sale, which was like, like freaking Walmart, which was like three weeks ago or something. Yeah. It was hit or miss if you get the old version or the new version. Now every drive I saw, and I think I checked like maybe thirty of them total, they were all the new version. Ah. So nobody had the old one anymore. So you're going to get this new version of the drive. And it doesn't really matter. But check, check um, the uh, part number. Yeah, so the first character in the part number, so if it on starts... On the bottom of the box, pick it up when you're at the store. Yeah, the bottom of the box. And you'll check. There's a uh, number that's uh, labeled DCM and then a part number of letters. You want the first letter to be M yep. or higher. Yep. The L's are the 128 meg cash version. Yep. Unless Which ultimately, it doesn't really matter. This is some like, scientific discovery no, but here's bullshit. The thing. If you're, you're going to put an array yeah. of them together, you should try to match drives. <laughs> it, like, you know, it's not going to. But it won't. It, I mean, it's I mean it really matter. wouldn't matter that much. Sure, but if you have the choice. Like sure, it, yeah, know, yeah. But if you put a 128 meg and a 256 meg in an array, it's not going to blow up. Bad things are not going to happen. But, you know, if you're buying them and you have the choice, you be a little bit more informed the more, so more you know, he right? can have like, them. Anyway, so 160 bucks that's damn cheap. Yeah, I, I agree. For 8 terabyte drives. I just, uh, I'm just glad you guys are here to store things for me. So I don't have to worry yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Don't, don't have right yeah, that's fine get that's fine <laughs> start that's, downloading that's, that's true yeah fill the things we're gonna get that that steam cache server up just and running here just dev null to the file right. and you're fine <laughs> yeah exactly. that doesn't work the way you expect it alright uh, last uh, I guess this is Alex it is uh, these it are is. pictures of guns you're trying to get my podcast taken off oh, no, 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 no 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 I would never never so this is a bullet bouquet's um, I actually got this from my wife a couple years ago, but I brought it back up because now you can get etched ones. Um, these are spent ammo into a, a water tank, and they just basically shoot it into a big water tank, and then they make these bouquets out of them. Um, so, like, for people who have What pet- in the hell am I looking at? They're bullets. These are bullets that look like flowers. Yeah, they're hollow yeah. point bullets. Okay, yeah. That's what a hollow point does. But they're very small. It expands. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got Those it. are the ones that when they come out, some of them are forty fives. They're not very small. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out if the gun, like in this picture, expended well. No, no, the gun is not that big, and the bullet that small. That's okay. what I'm looking at. No, no, like, no, no. It's just hell? a picture of the gun behind it, like or something. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a real gun behind it. But yeah, it's, that's it's, a wait, small revolver. Hell. You're saying, Josh? Hold on. No, it's just yeah, the actual, you know. Yeah, that's itself. the gun it's, behind it. It's but one, yeah. okay. small. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're tiny. I mean it sits on your desk. It's not it's like a small it's a pot. It's no, it's oops, look, at those, look at the, those are the okay. So look, I mean, it's, look at it's the, this I love big. You, Dad. Look at you the know, bottom of the pot. Chest or maybe two <laughs> no, chests. Look at what's in the bottom of the pot. Okay. Shells. So there's your shells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the spent casings in the bottle. So that's for for perspective of size, right? It's beautiful. Oh. Seems like a waste of ammunition to me. <laughs> I know. Buy one for the wives. Uh, I did buy one oh, for no, the no. wife. She loves it. The one that says "Hell hath no fury like a mother's a forty-five. Hey. Beware of mom. Yeah, sending you're somebody be a sleeping bullet. with the fishes. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're talking. <laughs> No, no, yeah, Ooh, yeah. You, you can select what, six blooms. Yeah, you can select what kind of blooms you want. You can get you know forty, uh, forty-five. It doesn't change the picture. 
Um, it's 36 blooms. That's so not, that's too many blooms. So everybody out there, the ask ACP. your significant other what kind of round they prefer for their bullet bouquet. <laughs> Lead-free bobby pin. <laughs> yeah, you don't really be you don't really want to be wearing lead, you know, as a general Yeah. You know, does bad pro tip. Yeah. Um, they're all coated. So like there's actually like a acryl a clear acrylic on top of it. Uh-huh. I'm offended that this picture, so just because it's oxidized. for Mom's Day, has a pink gun behind it. Well, but eh, it's purple. That is like sexist. That. Hey, I, I know some. I know. I know a woman who does use that purple Glock, and she's amazing with it. So, do you think that's purple? I think that's that's purple. That's, that's purple. It's a deadly weapon, man. What do you care what color it is? Still going to kill you. When they're pointing at you, you laugh at them. No, no <laughs> yeah, it, right. it don't work that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ah, what are you going to do with that pink gun? Shoot me? <laughs> Bang. What's that uh, uh, famous last war? What are you going to do? Shoot me? <laughs> man who was shot. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, all right. That's going to end the show. Uh, we really want to thank everybody for an amazing, uh, amazing, probably the most popular episode in the history of the PC Perspective podcast. Pure Havoc has edited their pledge to $100. There you go. I told from you. 50 to there $100. Told you we could make it. Oh, no. Just had to believe. So, I, say I, the words. Thanks for all the work, he, man. He, he, he hasn't do... paid yet. Oh. If only oh, you, you would have said that. You don't pay immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it's only effective Right. You got, you got, it's got to be, it's gotta be like... So I think there's a setting in Patreon where you can say once somebody pledges, they get charged immediately, and then the next time they wait for the beginning of the month. And we're not we're not using. I don't it. think we're using that because that wasn't the default when we set it up, and I don't know how to change it to be honest with you. But uh, that's okay. Thank you very much, Pure Havoc. You're an awesome person, uh, and if you want to come down here, Kane will give you a hug. It'll be totally worth it. So yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. PCPer.com slash podcast is the URL to go to to find our back episodes, our RSS feeds, our video files, the show notes, links, all the stories we talked about. All that kind of crap is available there. Uh, I have a lot of stuff to do between now and 9 a.m., so we will see you next week. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Ostrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.